previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. Right. I'm unicorn. devastated. Yeah, we really like that show. Anyway. Yeah. But a lot of the good ones got renewed. A million little things. I like it because it has the word little in it. Mm-hmm. And Home Ec, <laughs> uh, United States of Al. I don't understand how that got renewed, but you like it. It's Fair a cute enough. show. It's, I, I it's a cute show. It's not the greatest show out there, but it's cute. And then the biggest ones, Be Positive, which mm-hmm. we all like. Yep. I believe that was Mary Faye's, one of her favorites, I believe. I think I think she asked if we were watching that. Mm-hmm. That got renewed. And then Roxy's Call Me Cat got renewed. Oh. So she'll get to see more kitties. Yes. Cheyenne Jackson's pretty great to look at, too. Okay. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. And hi, Roxy. Hi, Chuck. Hi, Littles. Hey, hey, hey. We're going solo again today. Big week. Big week. Big week. So big that Simon, Chuck, all our regulars were out, I don't know, maybe shopping. They were a little intimidated. They were a little intimidated. That's what we're going (laughs) to go with. And Roxy, first things first, happy National Tap Dance Day Happy National Wine Day. This is rock. This should just be called Roxy Day. This is like Christmas. This is, this should, it, <laughs> scratch all that. It should just be Roxy Day because those are probably. Two of my favorite things. Two of your favorite things yeah. in this world. I hope you saw the little, I guess we call it a little promo for the podcast that we put on the old Twitter. So anyway, uh, we hope you're celebrating. We have our glasses of wine here. We know it's early. Uh, I'm just going to take a sip because I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, for the record, I made that video at like, I don't know, what was it? It wasn't that early. No, it wasn't that early at all. It was definitely drinking. Then I didn't know what to do with the wine. I knew I couldn't pour it back in the bottle without making a mess, so I just kind of downed it. just downed it. And then I went to the grocery store, and that was a lot of fun. So So, (laughs) (laughs) So what we would like to say is, though, what better way to celebrate Happy National Wine Day then to put an order in for wine, right? And we highly recommend you go to at Bells Up Winery, right? I mean, Absolutely. Hello, National Wine Day. Hopefully that's a good day for you, David Spector. And that's what we're going to do later. Yeah. And, and uh, I may do a little shim sham too. What's that? That is a famous tap routine that oh. all tappers know how to do. Okay. It's like okay. it's like a line dance for if, tap if dancing. You, if, if you could see the lasers I'm getting right now. Oh, it's <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of glad I don't, I mean, seriously, he's like, speechless right now. I think I just, it was like, I killed your cat or something. Like that was the look I got. Little, With like, a smile on my face. Come yeah. on. So we're going to start off the show though. Some good news, bad news for Sully in Boston. And that is there's no tiny Chuck with us today and he will not be coming in for the second part of the podcast either. But the bad news then Sully is that you were unsuccessful and getting him fired. And I believe right. that's what you tried to do. He's not here today because he is working. working. Right. So. so Sully, what what up? What happened? And we're, of course, referring to the tweet that Sully put out that his to-do list was, one, let Tiny Chuck's wife know about how he trashed her over laundry on the podcast, and B, make sure his boss follows through on firing him. Well, I don't know how you did with part one, but part B... Go ahead, Roxy. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. That's what? my thing, by the way. Okay, I have not heard you do that. Sully, pick a lane. 
It's either numbers or letters. Okay, but see, I go the opposite. I go A, blah, 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 blah. And two, blah, blah, no, blah, blah. No, you That's, don't do that. Yes, I do, Pick Roxy, a lane. All the Pick time. Pick a lane. Do you even know me? I mean, like. I, apparently not. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you It's one know me at and all. two or A and B. Mm, it's A and two for me. And obviously, <laughs> one and B for Sully. So I support that, Sully. But anyway, all I'm saying is careful what you wish for, Sully, because now you're going to have more Tiny Chuck on the podcast. Yep. So. And what I'd really like to know, Sully, is are you really, are you Statler or Waldorf of the Loyal Littles podcast? I mean, I'm really curious. Which one are you? Who? Littles, maybe you could help us out with that. Who? Excuse me? Who? <laughs> um, can someone check in on Eric Londrigan right now? <laughs> he might need some resuscitation. <laughs> what do you mean, who? You don't know who Statler and Waldorf are? No. No, I don't. They're the hecklers from The Muppet Show. Oh. I just didn't know that's what their names were. I just thought they were the old grumpy guys. Eric, I'll, the... I'll do better, Eric, I promise. <laughs> and seriously, that's what Sully reminds me of, yeah. which is great. I love it. We Every podcast needs that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think. So mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, but I don't know which one he is. So maybe we'll put that as a Twitter poll. WTFC Podnet. Yeah. Or like I said, maybe we'll just create a Twitter poll of that. <laughs> Speaking of Twitter polls, we put one out. It was pointless. It's a no. It was a slam dunk. Not everyone. It wasn't 100%, but I think it was like over 90% mm. of the littles say, melt the cheese on the damn burger. Even I said that, and I don't even eat cheeseburgers. Right. Hamburgers, yes. Cheeseburgers, no. Well, that, as we discussed, that doesn't make it a cheeseburger then if, uh, yeah. Anyway, so, <laughs> but thank you for everyone who participated in said poll. That was a lot of fun. We have some quick emails and tweets to get through before our great guest. First, Bob Sproul reached out to us. And this was fantastic. This was based on our uh, Jeff Flowers Friday Five from last week. And it was about the favorite logo. Mm-hmm. And he writes, I too like the old Boston Patriots logo much better than the Patriot Elvis logo. What? Okay, let's pause there for a second because Sully or whoever, I don't care who you are from Boston, I need some help there because I, I don't even know what he's talking about. No idea. I mean, I, I'm going to have to Google that. Yeah. He then goes on and says, I'm happy with the current Steelers logo, but the old, and I mean 1950s and early 60s logo, is pretty cool too. Now, I have to say, it's amazing. Mm. I've never seen this one before. Anyway, it's a pretty amazing logo, and it has a steelworker kicking a football. Ah. Uh, and it's uh, pretty cool. Oh, wow. I just yeah. showed it to Roxy mm-hmm. for the first time. Yeah, it's that pretty cool. That is cool. So thank you, Bob Sproul, for writing in there. And then real quick, we got some emails, one from James Cunningham, and it says Chuck and Roxy. And then in parentheses, it says, I made sure that it didn't autocorrect to Rocky this time. <laughs> thank you. Roxy appreciates that. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed that. I'm just saying. Anyway, he writes, you were discussing iconic stadiums and how they are mostly baseball. Chuck and mini Chuck, as he says, I love that too. That's going to be a new one. Discussed college football stadiums and how they fit into this paradigm. While I agree, there are very few iconic college football stadiums in terms of architecture. Sure, you have a few. Notre Dame Stadium, of course, is cool because of its history. Although since the update and how they moved the scoreboard in front of Touchdown Jesus, it's taken away from the view. The Rose Bowl is obvious, although I hate how the Rose Bowl holds the sport of college football hostage because of a parade and sunset. The Hill in Memorial Stadium, Clemson, the Hedges at Sanford Stadium, University of Georgia, it's the atmosphere of a college football stadium that has to be taken in. I have been to a game in every one of the major sports. Nothing comes close to the energy of a college football stadium during a Saturday in the fall. I have been lucky enough to attend some of the best atmospheres. 
While the buildings themselves aren't a must-attend, the atmospheres around those stadiums in the fall, especially in the SEC, are definitely ones you have to get to. Unfortunately, while college football is allegedly played in the Northeast, Boston College, Rutgers, UConn, and Syracuse aren't the atmospheres I'm talking about. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, I think, Shots that's fired. Fair. I think that's fair, though. <laughs> oh, I t- completely agree. You know, We've it's talked not about just this. about the architecture of the building. You sure, know, it's the sure. everything that it, it being in that building means and well, stands that's, and for. Honestly, and that's, that's the atmosphere. Right. That's how I kind of felt with Lambeau Field, mm-hmm. honestly. And But I completely agree. We've talked about this before. I mean, Duke, North Carolina, in those... I know that's indoor, meaning for the mm-hmm. basketball, that atmosphere. Yeah. You know, I think we asked Bobby Godfrey, what was that like? Mm-hmm. And he just, he gave a great description. It was yeah. amazing. So yeah, we completely agree. Thank you for writing in, James. And we got one more, right, Roxy? Yeah, we got one more. Uh, this is from Mike Ritz. Uh, Dear Chuck and Roxy, though I like Rocky better. Ha ha ha. That's very funny. Uh, Thanks for being my companions for my morning workouts and runs. It's great to learn more about you guys as well as fellow loyal littles out there. So the obvious question is, when do I get to be on the show? Think of it. We can share the joys of the Broadway Show League and Broadway Bowling with the rest of the world. I'm sitting by my phone. Love you guys. Ritz. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Full disclosure, obviously. He is a dear friend of ours. He's a dear friend of ours. Um, Also a loyal little come to find out after we started this podcast. Had no idea. Yep. That was so great. That was the first time I actually... So I guess I lied. I lied to the loyal littles. I feel bad. I did say I've never met another loyal little. To be fair, you didn't know when we started this. Right. It was crazy how it just happened. I don't even remember how it happened one day. We just discovered it. And we haven't seen him as much as we'd like to because of COVID. We haven't played really a lot of softball. And the Broadway show league has been shut down now for two seasons, right. sadly. Yeah. Bowling so, as well. Yeah. Bowling as well. Him and his lovely wife play in the bowling league with us. Mm-hmm. And we usually get to see them a lot. And we haven't. But anytime. Ritz. Yeah. You're welcome you to come, come on. on anytime. That's fantastic. But thank you. We're glad you're catching up. Roxy, let's get out of here. Our guest today, we get schooled on so many things. Yep. I don't even know how to explain it, (laughs) but you're going to have to catch up on your Harry Potter. That's all I'm going to say. I know. Littles, we'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Hi, this is Bob Sproul from Pittsburgh, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network, your best bet in podcast entertainment. being played in this episode by a good friend of the podcast the band Bertrand's Wish and this song is called The Party Is Over and you can find them pretty much everywhere but the best place to reach out to them is on their website they have all their stuff there it is www.bertrandswish.com that is b-e-r-t-r-a-n-d-s-w-i-s-h.com and as always we'll play the full song The Party Is Over at the end of the podcast
all you loyal Littles. It's now time to meet the Littles. And boy, do we have a fun one. I'm hyped up. I'm like four cups of coffee in. I'm very excited. It's in the morning, but we're going to have a good time. Please welcome to the podcast. This has been a long, long, long time coming. Christopher Giannini, all the way from Olive Branch, Mississippi. Hey, Christopher, how's it going? How you doing, Chuck? I'm doing really well. How are you uh, uh, We're good. guys doing up there in New York, right? Doing great. I think Roxy's a little blown away by my energy here. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm speechless right now. <laughs> I'm just surprised I remembered all that, and I think I said your name right. Is that correct? You said it perfect. All right. You're great. This is no great. Problem. So, well, Christopher, we did find out off air that you are a, a listener of the podcast, which we always like to hear. So why don't we turn it over to you, take it over, introduce yourself to all the loyal littles out there. This has been, what, like four months running, I think, we've been trying to get this going? Well, I don't know. I, I mean, I just I just emailed the show after one of the times of listening and just saying, hey, thanks for doing what you're doing. I feel like I am a part of this community, but I know nobody and when you guys started a second podcast, it was just something that I kind of thought, man, I really like that. So all right. Um, well, after that, y'all asked if you ever want to come on. I said, anytime, yeah. call me, just let me know. You hit me up yesterday and I'm, I'm in. Well, so. I'm going to let you start, first of all, and then I'm going to pay you a big compliment later. So why don't you oh. start and introduce <laughs> yourself to all the loyal littles? Well, my name is Christopher Giannini. I live in a suburb. Of, I've grown up in Memphis, Tennessee my entire life. I now live in North Mississippi. And yeah, I've been a Tony fan. Since the PTI days in the dorm room, and then I didn't have access to any of his radio shows, but then I heard him go on Bill Simmons' podcast and say, I'm starting a podcast. And so immediately I put that into my phone and I've listened to every episode. It is the only podcast I listen to religiously. It is the one that I go back to all the time. When, when I see a new episode, everything else I'm listening to gets stopped and that goes on. Mm -hmm. So, Wow. Well, we're very similar. And I don't know if you're just sucking up to the host here. Nope, now, now Littles, sometimes <laughs> some some people use video, some people don't. We never really use video because we're like we're old school radio guys and okay. ladies. Thank you. And sometimes they do. And you happen to have yours on. And there's a on display, a big Red Sox banner in the background. Oh, now, yeah. Now, is yeah, that my Red just Sox banner. Are, are you a Red Sox fan or? Well, well, so so I am. Uh, my story in sports is weird. So growing up, so I grew up without a dad and my mom worked for Jostens. Jostens was the company that made all the championship rings. I have no idea if they're still the company that does that. This was a long, long time ago. And one thing that she used to do was she would set me and my brother down in front of the TV and we would watch all the championships. We'd watch the Stanley Cup. We'd watch the, the World Series. We'd watch the Super Bowl. We'd watch the NBA Finals. We'd watch all these things because she would get us little tiny aluminum replicas of the ring of the championship rings as like toys and i had like all of these old ones this is probably my earliest memory i was four years old 1986 mets versus the the red sox we got sat down in front of the tv get this big floor model tv i'm sitting on this plush carpet and my older brother at the time is three years older than me for some reason just started cheering for the mets so i was hmm. going to root for the red sox Oh, nice. Red Sox are up 3-1. This, this, this is the, the logic behind how I became a fan. The Red Sox are up 3-2. They lose game six. That's the Buckner game. At four years old, I didn't understand that. Didn't know what that meant. But there was game seven. They lose game seven. My brother makes fun of me. I cry. From that day forward, <laughs> I love the Red That is the first thing that I can tell you that I remember that wasn't family that I loved, that I wow. fell in love with baseball, and I fell in love with the Red Sox. 
And so through then, I was introduced as I grew up in sports and learned more about it, that there's this guy named Larry Bird who also plays in the same city as the Red Sox. Mm -hmm. And so I love the Celtics. And then they taught other people in my life taught me, oh, if you like the Celtics and you like the Red Sox, you need to like the Patriots. You need to like the whatever. (laughs) The Bruins. For the longest time, I was the only guy around my area that was a a Red Sox fan. Everybody around here are Cardinals fans and Braves fans. Mm. And they all say, well, that's our local team. So I said, local? It's like six hours away. <laughs> and and we, we grew up we grew up pretty poor, and I couldn't understand how that was local. Me liking Boston and them liking a place six hours away from here. What's the difference? They both might as, been, might as well have been in Pluto right. because right. I wasn't going. Yeah, like right. I, you yeah, know, you're so not I even getting to those games. That. All right, well, listen, we're going to come back to that because I want to know how many years went by that you – blamed your brother full on for all the heartbreak you went through. But we'll get back to that. Why don't <laughs> we right. go back and take us back to like you grew Now we know where you grew up. Did you go to school? Like what, what did you major in? Stuff like that. What do you do in life? Okay. So I put down hardwood floors for a living. And that's a, that's a business that I own and that I do. I, I went to college at uh, first, I went to a small little Baptist college called Washita Baptist university in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. It was my first freshman year of college, had a great time. Got asked to leave there, came back to Mississippi, went to a little community college for a couple of years, and then went to uh, Ole Miss. And I finished up at Ole Miss. I got a criminal justice degree. I was ready to basically drop out and quit college. I was not good at school. I did not like school. School was very hard for me. I grew up, I didn't know this until my first freshman year of college at Washington. I got diagnosed with dyslexia. Uh, I couldn't read when I graduated high school, which is a little something about Mississippi school systems. You know, they, I, I graduated in a class of 300. I graduated about 50%. And there means there were 50% of the people that also graduated that were dumber than a guy that couldn't read. So oh. it's kind of strange, but it, it, it is what it is. My mom said, no, you're going to get a degree. And so finally, one day I was sitting at an Ole Miss baseball game and I was flipping through the program and I noticed all these players were criminal justice majors. And then I found the basketball guys and they were all. And then a lot of the football guys were all criminal. I said, "Mm." mom says I got to get a degree. I'm getting a criminal justice degree. Okay. I got in there and I'm telling you, I was instantly one of the smartest guys in the class. (laughs) I was like, oh, man, this is so easy. It it was it's just one of those programs that I think big school state schools have. That just we gotta offer it. Here we go. All my mm-hmm. all my teachers were retired police officers, and they were cool and they were funny and they were goofy, but they just kind of didn't care. Okay, and well, so, can I can I gotta, cut you off real quick? Because I, I gotta know. I really do, and I'm gonna tell this story real quick. What we're gonna find out just how well you did, because I would love for you to go just a quick little like one minute. What exactly is a criminal justice degree? Because you know, when the internet came out, and I, I toured, everyone knows for like the first 20 years, I never got my master's. As a teacher, that's the logical next thing you do. Even if you start teaching, you start going part-time to go towards your master's. And I never did. But when internet schooling came out, like Phoenix, I the only thing out of all the majors that were there, the only thing, my parents were both police officers. I always wanted to be a lawyer. Never did it. Didn't want to do the six or whatever years of schooling it was. <laughs> Sorry, all I know there's a lot of uh, loyal littles out there that are lawyers. So criminal justice was the one thing. And every time I would tell my friends that were musicians or actors or whatever, dancers, they'd all be like, they'd shake their head and they're like, you've been watching way too much Law and Order. (laughs) And they would make fun of me for wanting to do a criminal justice master's degree. So now I'm curious. Now I have someone right here firsthand. So I can't, I'm going to tell you this. I'm certain there are great criminal justice programs out there. 
Okay. okay. I'm going to tell you from firsthand experience in the early 2000s, Ole Miss was not one of them. Okay. Well, okay. So took classes. So my mom was a single mom. She dated my whole life. I turned into an insane person at this point. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I took classes that still give me nightmares to this day. We took a serial killers class Ooh. and we Ooh. took a sex crimes class. And I'm going to tell you that like when my mom like would meet a new guy, I, but I went, I went crazy and now I'm up three years in college or whatever. And I go into his car and I'm like, all right, well, you don't need this tire iron. You don't need, like, I'm thinking of all these oh things gosh. that men have used in the past to like yeah. beat women and kill them and cut them up in the, and, and I'm like, we're going to keep this here. And if you get a flat, I'm not doing anything tonight. I will come to you and I will change your flat, but we're going to keep all of this here. And so I kind of turn into a little bit of a maniac. I, I still saw things to this day that that haunted me. But I had some really cool teachers. One of my teachers was an FBI agent that actually ran point to all the way to catching the BTK killer. I think that was out of like the Missouri area, maybe. That's a serial killer that happened in in our lifetime. And so we got to learn deeply, you know, all of the intricate things about that. Yeah. Just very very sick people. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. I did not. Obviously you see me, I'm a large man. I'm not going to be a police officer. Everybody (laughs) that went through that degree either was an athlete and went on to do something else in athletics, or they all went on to be police officers. And I wasn't going to do any of that. Mm -hmm. I just needed a degree so I could give my mother and say, your son got a college degree. Here we go. Well, that's, that's, what a good son. (laughs) I don't don't know about that. Cost a lot. I know that. Well, that's true, but you know, and it is important. You know, I mean, a lot of people don't realize. I mean, I get that not everyone. You you don't have to have an education like that to get on in life, obviously. But I do think, for the most part, it's important, and it meant a lot to your mom, obviously. So that was. It did mean a lot to my mom. Yeah, and it sounds like like through high school you struggled, but when you found this little niche, it kind of gave you confidence well, is, in school yeah, and this, things like that. So like that alone is like a life lesson worth having, you know? No, absolutely. So. It was just a thing where I walked in the door. It was a different way of learning. Yeah. They didn't tell you to open a textbook and start reading a bunch of stuff. And then you were going to take a test on it. It mm-hmm. was like you were learning. So the classes we all did, every one of them, no matter what kind of crime we were learning about was 80% it was all investigative stuff. Mm-hmm. So I learned how, to ask the certain questions to very baseline science behind how investigations work, but a lot of the protocols and procedures. And here's the, you also learn the why in the classroom, Mm -hmm. because when you're in the field, they're not explaining the why they're doing any of this stuff. They just tell a bunch of officers, go do this, go do this, go do that. In the classroom, we actually learn why they wanted them to do those certain things a certain way they did them. Right. Gotcha. Well, so the one thing I'm so curious about now is you've mentioned what your degree was in and your schooling and all that, but correct me if I'm wrong, that has nothing to do with owning a flooring business, right? So how did you get into that? So I took that degree. I got into security, private security, worked my way up pretty quickly. I was a a very young branch manager managing four other branch managers under me. And then I had 300 security officers around the tri-state area of Memphis and Arkansas, North Mississippi, and and the Memphis, Tennessee area that all made between, I don't know, probably $10 an hour to minimum wage, $7.25. And every day of my life for about four or five years, I went to bed, I put my phone on my nightstand, and every day of my life it rang in the middle of the night. Mm. And so finally I was about to just go insane. Yeah. And I just had to get out and I didn't really have a job lined up behind there, but 
I, I, I just, I found one and it was a company that worked with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. This was right at the recessions of the height of the recession that were fixing up foreclosures for the banks to mm. get them back on the market. Right. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And so I went to the guy in the interview. I said, look, I know how to manage people. I know how to manage budgets. I know how to manage projects. I can hire people. I know how to do all this stuff. I feel very confident doing it. I don't know anything about construction at all. And the guy actually told me, he said, you're exactly what I need because I got 35 construction guys across the country and none of them have ever hit a timeline. None of them have ever hit a budget and they just, they can't do the things you know how to do. Right. I can teach you construction. I can't teach somebody how to be administrator. Right. And mm -hmm. so I was like, let's go. And so he held my hands for the first three months, the next six to eight months, I ran on my own. And, and I was hitting timelines. I was hitting budgets. I was hitting all this stuff. It was a 12 month contract. And when my 12 months were up, they said, you did a great job. We would like you to move to North Carolina. And I said, mm, not going to do that for the money they were offering. And so I said, how about I'll do you one better. I covered North Mississippi in my area. I said, the Memphis guy is going to be working forever. His work is never going to dry up because it's just such a bigger area, bigger place, mm -hmm. lower income, a lot of foreclosures in that area. And I said, uh, how about I do you one better? The worst sub we have is a flooring guy. It's our worst. I said, I'm going to take his job. I'm going to start a flooring company. I'm going to start a flooring business. I know what you sell. I know what you pay. And, and I know what I can do it for. I'm just going to do that. But you're going to hit every timeline and you're going to hit every budget when it comes to your flooring. And the guy said, that sounds like a great deal to me. And as the economy began to get better, I pivot from that to I just basically went around to all the builders. The North Mississippi area and the Memphis, Tennessee area has just been blowing up for the last decade, fortunately. Jobs are shutting down everywhere else and they're coming here, which is a good thing. I'll take it. FedEx has a lot to do with that. Mm. Uh, and so... I just began to make contacts with builders. And so now I do about 250 new construction houses a year uh, where we put hardwood floors and carpet down. Wow. Okay, I have to ask, being a dancer. Sure. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, especially a tap dancer where hardwood floors, good flooring is really important. Have you ever right. made a dance floor, like a sprung, yes. something sprung? So, yeah? so I, a couple of years ago, back in probably 2017 or 18, I started going through like a weird midlife crisis phase where I wanted to do things that scared me. I've never mm. done anything outside of the box. I've always went to work, came home, went mm -hmm. to work, came home, mm -hmm. went to work, came home. And so I wanted to start putting myself out there a little more. And so I started taking a ballroom dance class. Listen, <gasps> And, you know, I did. And I found a teacher in the Memphis area. And I said, listen, I'm coming here two days a week. But I said, I'm not coming in the evenings. I said, nobody needs to know. I said, I need this to be me and you. We're going to lock that door for yeah. an hour. I'm going to yeah. be in here two days a week. And so I came at like 10 a.m. in the morning. And he was like, you know, I never normally open these doors until afternoon or one. I said, what? Are you willing to open them for me? And he said, sure. And so through doing that, I learned about his dance floor. He yeah. actually sells dance floors across the country. And I helped him install a couple of them. And theirs are put down very differently than residential floors. Mm -hmm. But it was very interesting, and I did like it a lot. Cool. Oh, wow. That's so great. I love that. All right. We're going we're gonna to take a break on that. That's, that's such a great story. So actually, though, before we take a break, I, I got to know. Now, again, Littles, sometimes we are guests put on their video, and that's great. So we can actually see where they are and what's going on. 
What is over your left shoulder? My my left shoulder is an LSU. That is a slate roof tile that somebody painted on Bourbon Street for me. Wow. Um, and then behind that, in 2019, I wrote Ed Orgeron a letter thanking him. This is before, like, we're midway through the season. We're probably four weeks in. And I just wrote him a letter saying, thank you for being my coach. Thank you for representing LSU in, in a light that I respect and I can be proud of. I am an LSU fan. I love this school and I love the football program. And the way he is running the program meant a lot to me and I appreciated it. He writes me back a handwritten note that's under there. Yeah, it's in a frame, um, Littles. It's all yeah, framed. Oh, it's no, really nice. Yeah, my wife got that framed for me, and then he sent me a signed picture. And so that's like the lettering that all came in it, the envelope and everything. I got all framed up. Uh-huh. So I am a, I am an Ed Orgeron fan, and I'm very protective <laughs> and defensive of Ed when people make fun of his <laughs> accent and the way he talks. I don't think that if he was any other culture, he could get away with making fun of him. But he is a, in my eyes right now, he's, he's what I need him to be. I do not care about winning football games all the time. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's my birthright to win nine, ten games every year. There are other LSU fans and other people that, of their teams that think if we don't make it to the playoffs, it's a failure and everything that we did was bad. And I just don't live in that world. Hmm. Well, that's a great story. I was, you know, kind of hoping it was a Tony Kornheiser pick, but no. <laughs> I, I wish I wish it was. No, that is that is that is Mr. Orgeron. That is Mr. Orgeron. All right. Well, that's great. Thank you for that. Great story. Obviously, you're coming back, right? You're not going anywhere, right? Yeah, no, I'm not. We got a lot more to get into. All right. Loyal Littles, we'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Roxy, could I interest you with a maybe a little Summer of Littles? Com. I'm sorry, what? That's right. Summer of Littles 3.1 has a website. Summeroflittles.com. All one word. That's right. We've told you the names of the towns and the cities, which are confirmed to host venues for Summer of Littles 3.1 on August 7th. Now you can meet the hosts for those venues and see the locations they have chosen for the Littles Summer get-together by visiting the event's new website. What is that? Summeroflittles.com. It has such a nice ring to it. I don't know. I I just really love it. As expected, among the venues, there are lots of breweries and restaurants, but there is also a baseball game, a backyard potluck, and a chance to visit Le Schwaggerie. See the confirmed venues and get all your Summer of Littles 3.1 questions answered at summeroflittles.com. As little, Lee Gordon has declared, Finally, August has a holiday. All right, say goodbye, Roxy. Goodbye, Roxy. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And we are having a great time today with Christopher Giannini. Is that how you say it? <laughs> yes, sir. I love You're saying doing that. Great. Okay. You're doing great. Loyal Littles, I'm going to drop a bomb on you. My middle name is Biagio. And we love just saying those names, right? I know. I think that's the, when you told me that, my first thought was Biagio. I, hey. I love it. It makes me so happy to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're glad, we're glad that it makes you happy. Um, so much more to get into. I'm, I, this is one of those interviews, Roxy, where I, I so many directions to go. Let's talk about your podcast because I, didn't, I had no idea about this. You didn't put it on a forum. You didn't ask to come on and plug your podcast or anything like that. It just kind of came up in conversation off air. 
And I mean, the education I just got on dance floors when we took the break, we're not joking, Littles. When we take a break, we literally take a break. And Roxy had some amazing questions about, what did you ask about like... Soundproofing. Soundproofing, dance... Anyway, it was amazing. I got educated. That's all. But we don't need to go into that. What is this podcast you and a buddy of yours do? Yeah. So uh, one of my friends from from high school that I grew up with, we started a podcast uh, probably five or six years ago. It's called Winning Cures Everything which he already had the name trademark. He had a little website from a long time ago that he used to write with on and, and stuff of that nature. And, and I said, Hey, I want to start doing a sports podcast. I love talking about sports. It's the only thing I feel like I'm knowledgeable about at all. I have a real passion for it. I actually care about it. And so we started about four or five years ago, literally talking into a cell phone on his couch. <laughs> it was awful. It was terrible. It was as bad as, a podcast could be six years later. We are now doing. Uh, well, uh, let me pause you there for a second. Just, I mean, you you did hear the early episodes of the Loyal Littles podcast, did you not? That's how we started. Because that's basically how we started, <laughs> and it sounded just as, if not worse. So <laughs> I don't think it was that bad. No, no, no. no. Y'all, y'all, were, y'all, were, y'all were pretty good. Y'all were pretty good. But <laughs> I right, think podcasting's been around a lot longer now. True. I true. think we would have started differently because there are actually places you can go to look up what do I need to start a podcast right. and get some of that information that wasn't available then. Sure. Um, right. And so we just started. Now we do five shows a week. We do three of them live. And uh, and that's during non-football season. During football season, we do eight shows a week. Wow. Uh, and I think five of them, maybe six of them are live. That's so, like a Broadway show. Right. Seriously. We really enjoy it. It's called Winning Cures Everything. Our bread and butter is college football and the NFL. We love that. We pick games. It is veered into basically a gambling show, which I'm not a huge fan. I want to talk about the sport. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the things going on in the sport. I'd like to make it a little more than just picks and gambling, but that seems to be who picks us up as sponsors all the time and stuff. So they kind of want us to generate in that direction. So you got to go where the money is. And, yeah. and I understand that, but I, it's just one of those things where I really like doing it. We're on YouTube now. And, and we do Facebook Live and those types of things, that makes me uncomfortable. I'm mm. still never going to be comfortable in front of a camera. Mm. But as long as it's the mic and it's the podcast, I feel like I can go. Yeah. And, and I just kind of pretend that's all we're doing. And if it looks goofy on camera, then don't watch the YouTube video. <laughs> Download the podcast. <laughs> right. Well, you are your own worst critic, too. I feel the yeah. same way watching myself back and things. I'm like, what am I doing? But, yeah, you just got to find that one thing that anchors you and just kind of go with it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're never going video. No. No, ever. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't understand. I have enough trouble with this, like getting cameras set up and yeah. getting it onto YouTube and things like that. I'm lucky I can get it up to Anchor, you mm-hmm. know. And, and So this podcast, now you do all sports, but or is it, yeah, we'll you, talk you about said everything. once football season starts, you, you go eight shows, but it's all sports? Yeah, so right, right now, I, I did a live show Tuesday. And my Tuesday night live show, which gets dropped on Wednesday morning for the podcast, uh, you know, I basically talked about baseball for for a couple of hits. I made fun of Dan Campbell. And then I talked about, I actually referred to Tony's show um, at the end of it from this week, the Jeff Passan uh, interview about uh, the the Drew Robinson story. Mm -hmm. Like that hit me. That hit me in, in in a pretty real way, in a pretty raw way. It's the most open I've ever been on my show about my struggles with depression. And you can't let yourself get to the point that Drew got to because 99.999% of us aren't going to ever have that opportunity to see like that do over. 
Right. You pull that trigger, it's over. Right. There is no Drew Robinson story. I can't explain that. People of faith might be able to explain that. There's a million other ways to probably explain that, but that's not going to happen to you. And my only conversation was, is we just can't let ourselves get to that point. Yeah. No matter what, you just can't. So, so on the Tuesday show, I get to talk about whatever I want. Gary, my partner, he likes to talk about UFC a lot. So he does that on his show. And even on our show, he, he hits those things a lot too. We are very much a, he's a straight man. He is organized. He is, he is well thought out. He is analytical in everything he does. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm, I am a dancing monkey. I am, <laughs> I'm either going to get angry about something or I'm going to make a joke about something mm-hmm. and I'm going to work off of emotion and laughter. Uh, or, or anger <laughs> for basically everything that we do in our show. Right. So Roxy, I guess I'm the dancing monkey of us. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to littles. Maybe you can decide who. Yeah. WTFC pod net. Who's the dancing know. monkey out of Roxy and me? I think I already know the answer. So All I right. will say tiny Chuck. Yeah. Well, that, well, hello. I have a plea to you. Because now we have the littles, littles who have come on the show. No, we give you these forms to fill out. And we always find sometimes they're more informative than others, but we find some really cool things. I need you to convince in like two minutes or less Roxy to read the Harry Potter series. Okay. Oh, okay. She's so never. Whoa, that was I'm a big gas. I'm working this on it. what I do. <laughs> All right. So I'm dying to know. So basically littles, he wrote anything about Harry Potter I can discuss. Mm-hmm. Now yes. I was a crazy diehard Harry Potter fan back in the day. Mm-hmm. I was a very late bloomer. I dated someone back in the early 2000s who was psycho crazy Harry Potter. Now, when I mean psycho crazy, she had to be in her late 20s. And, but I understand because she was a grade school teacher. Mm-hmm. So her kids were into it. I yeah. get that. Okay. Yeah. But she was the one that I think didn't want to hang out with me one night because she had to go wait in line for five hours at the bookstore dressed up in a costume to get the first, I'm like, you can't go tomorrow to get, I, I even said to her, I'm like, are you going to come home at 1 a.m. and read the book? And she's like, well, no, probably not. I'm like, so then why can't we just go tomorrow when it opens? You know, that kind of stuff. Crazy. Okay. <laughs> Full disclosure, later in life, I want to say eight or nine years later, I didn't become that person, but holy cow, I was hooked. And it was so impressive to me that an author could write a book that would make a kid want to read a six to 800 page yeah. book. That's yeah. what Gosh. blew my mind away. Okay, enough about me. Take it over. Yeah. Convince Rocket. Go ahead. Down a million different rabbit holes. By the way, when it comes to that, you're talking to a guy that couldn't read throughout high school. Oh, mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. I grew up in the buckle of the Bible Belt. Small part of my life, I worked in the church. And to interview for working in the church with youth, I was asked at one point in time my opinions on Harry Potter because, and this was very a hot topic button in the church at that time. Mm-hmm. Ooh, good and point. my yeah. my argument was very simple: this. Anybody who can write any book and get a nine-year-old to read three to six hundred pages, yep. I don't care what's in the book, I'll support it. Yeah. And it's yep. your job as a parent, and it's our job as adults to teach them the difference between fantasy and reality mm-hmm. and what is real and what is not. But it, can you tell me it's dangerous? I, I will I will fight you to the end. And this at this point in time, I never listened to it. So Roxy, this is the greatest story ever told. And I'm I'm not that's not hyperbole. It really is. <laughs> a beautiful beautiful story and there are so many important characters in there yeah. that will that will completely change your life i was 36 years old 35 years old when i got into harry potter mm-hmm. okay 
and I downloaded it on my Audible for me because they knew that I wanted to listen to it. They were so long, I didn't know when I was going to start going through a book like that. Mm -hmm. 2018, I took a trip to Boston for the first time in my life by myself. All my other friends crapped out of that trip, just me alone. And so I basically was AirPods in and Harry Potter I burned through about three books in a four-day trip to Boston alone. I got engulfed in the story, and it really did mean a lot to me. Um, It's it's not just for kids. It really is a great story. I have two daughters. I can't wait for them to get to a point where they're at the level where they get – my oldest – is is definitely there she's just too lazy right now Mm. but i think over the summer i'm gonna browbeat her into starting the books yeah now chuck to be fair (laughs) i do have all the books well who got you those books roxy you did okay i I think that's why i'm real bitter about this i how long ago (laughs) like two years ago i got you these books yeah okay but in my defense i am a rather slow reader I picked up the first book in fifth grade during a reading session in class, and I I got to, I think it was the Dursleys, like the name. I had to read that in my mind. I have a really hard time reading names for some reason, so that sort of just like turned me off completely, and I think I got to Hermione. I didn't know how to pronounce that in my head, and I'm like, I don't like this, so I put it down. Now, Chuck got me the books a couple years ago. I am through... Chamber of Secrets, so I'm now on Prisoner of Azkaban. I'm enjoying it so far, uh, but I do. I am a very slow reader. I tend to want to lay down and take a nap as I'm reading. There's something about the my eyes going from side to side. It just like kind of hypnotizes me. So I, it takes me a while to get through books. Okay, um, but enough. I I have enjoyed the first two, and I do want to finish the series. At some point in my lifetime. <laughs> so you're talking about names. How the heck did you do with Giannini? That's what I want to know. Were you okay with that? <laughs> oh, I was great with that because I, I heard it first. Oh, I see. You know, see. at the time, I didn't know. That's true. No Hermione one was talking about names, them. If you don't know how to pronounce them. Right. Yeah, okay, fair I enough. I also, funny story, in college, I had a professor when I think the, I think it was the second to last movie came out, or maybe it was the last movie, He Who Must Not Be Named came on the screen and a bunch of my friends were at the movie premiere. I didn't go because I hadn't read the book, but they told me this story afterwards. They said, oh my gosh, that's Professor so-and-so. And then when the lights came up at the end of the movie, he was sitting like right behind them and they didn't know that. So they shouted this thing and he was right there. <laughs> wow. That's a pretty good story. What are the yeah. chances of that? Right. I mean, I do have to say he kind of resembles a little bit of he who must not be named, but he is a human being, not a <laughs> right. someone who gave his soul up for whatever. So, <laughs> wow. Well, all right. We did our best. I know. I'll, well, I'm I'll, getting you'll there. Get to him. If you if you have ever the interest of listening to stuff, uh-huh. so I'll being a guy that can't read very well still to this day, uh, Audible has changed my life. Yeah. Audible has completely changed my life. Everybody who writes a book, if they don't put it on Audible, I take personal offense to it. I right. get angry. Right. I'm just like, you know, there are a lot of people. I've met a really good friend of mine here in Memphis. His name's Lee. He's a good guy. He works, his job is working for a nonprofit that mm-hmm. works with adult illiteracy mm-hmm. and like teaching adults to read. And he and I have had this discussion all the time. I'm just like anybody who writes a book, today in 2020 2021 if you're not putting it on a form like audible or something like that there's a section of the world that's not getting access to the information that you're putting out there right the storytellers that she gets to read her books Mm -hmm. are amazing there's Mm -hmm. two guys that that you can get either one of them and they're both oh my gosh they're so good okay but i do have to i do have to ask what house are you in so i am a gryffindor okay i am very 
classic of Gryffindor. I think everybody in my house is in a different and, and that lives in my house. I have two daughters and a wife. And I think all of us are in different houses. Wow, oh, neat. That's cool. All right. So I have to know now, have you, I know you're big with the, the TK show and obviously like that. Are you a member of all the Facebook groups? I think I am. I finally realized y'all kept talking about the Friday five on your podcast and I was a little afraid of who to ask. Uh, and so I reached out to Steve from Emerald City. Uh-huh. Yeah. And on fa- he's he's a Facebook friend of mine. And so I just sent him a message. I was like, look, I'm kind of scared to ask, what is the Friday Five? Because I can't find it on any of the Facebook groups I'm a member of. And he was like, there's this other Facebook yeah. group. You're not. I was like, okay, I got to get a member of that one. All right, I got to get in there. I don't ever answer on those things. I'm, I'm a little self-conscious. I will tell you the TK Littles group. So growing up, knowing smart and funny are like things that most of the TK fans have in common. It's for somebody who I think I'm pretty funny. I know I can be, but I don't always feel smart. I'm very self-conscious about putting any information out there. Well, because we can I hang feel out like together. It's <laughs> I feel like it's the old school adage of better to be silent and thought a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt. Right. And, and I just, I would rather read everybody else's stuff and I do a lot of likes, but well, it makes my main question was, have you, ha- have you ever done one? No, 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 no. Would you no. like I, to? I am, I am terrified to even <laughs> try to think about that right to, now. To make the questions up? Yeah, I don't know that I'm a very creative person. I don't know. I Maybe I am, and I'm just I... not putting myself yeah, out I'm there. I'm not anymore. getting that vibe. I got to be honest. I think you'd be good at it. Hey. Yeah, that's all right. All good. You don't have to. I, I, just... ha- I haven't. I haven't yet. So okay. I, I like what's being done. I, I feel like if I did it, I'd want to do it well. Mm. Well, of and course. And so that's the thing is I, I would want to make sure before I offered, I would need to know I have these five questions. <laughs> this is how I'm going to word them. This is how I'm going to – now I will say, can I do this? This is the, the picture I'm going to draw that a company – no, it's, it's gotten out of control. <laughs> so it, I have – yeah, I have <laughs> – so that's the thing is I have no talents when it comes to any of that stuff. Like I have, I have no no artistic ability, and I can't sing. I can't draw. I can't do any of that stuff. But you so can build I'm very floors. Much a, you can I can run floors. my mouth for a living. But that's, you can build floors, so that's that's. <laughs> – And I can put together a floor pretty well. Right. Well, you got to find some kind of connection there. I don't well, know. Well, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. all right, well – we got. We can't let you get out of here. I mean, we love when this happens. We have not even touched our fun, dumb questions because we, there's been so much to talk about. Is there one thing that Tony does that drives you crazy, though? No. So I was listening to, to one of the other episodes previously, and Chuck Elias talked about how Tony complains uh, about being too local. I love when he's local because yeah. that's something that's important to him, mm-hmm. and he's important to me. And so I like listening to him talk about that. There's not a lot that Tony does that bothers me, but I have a weird relationship with Tony, which is growing up without a dad, I tried to make like these other people father figures. Mm-hmm. And Tony's like the the sports writer father figure that I grew up with, okay? I have two TV dads. I have a book dad. And then I have this sports figure dad. And these were men that I kind of followed their lives and careers. And they talked to the general world. And I took stuff away from it. And that's kind of how I was raised. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Wow, that, that, that turned around on me, didn't it? <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to get sappy. No, that's okay. No, that's I, so I'm, great. You know, I'm thinking you're going to be like, yeah, he pisses me off when he does this, and it turns out no, to be really, like... Really and I get annoyed that other people get mad at him or angry yeah, about him. Yeah, me too, honestly. Like, they nitpick stuff, and, and you have every right to do that, but I was just like, this is the guy that we love. Yeah. Right. Like, you right. got to take him with all his flaws. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So you were saying that you don't really know a lot of people. Are you planning on, is there a Summer of Littles 3.1 that you're, you're thinking about maybe going to? Or have you, have you ever gotten to meet other Littles in person? So I've never met another Little, ever. Okay. I've had one reach out to me on Facebook, and then I've reached out to Steve on Facebook. And, I, and that's the extent of this. This is the most conversation I've ever had with a Little. I am, so as soon as I, I heard Tony drop the news and then you guys dropped the news on the podcast, I began to look at the venues. There's two cities that I love. I try to go to Boston as often as possible and mm-hmm. I try to go to Chicago as often as possible. So I'm, I'm probably going to try to get up for the Chicago one if I can. Oh, so after 2018, when I went to Boston by myself, it was one of the best experiences I ever had in my yeah. life. It, yeah. Traveling alone. I was terrified. I was afraid. I met people. It changed my life. So now I'm not afraid. And it's something I actually enjoy doing. And so I'm probably going to try to get to, to Chicago for that one. But I'm still on the fence. It's, it's something I want to do. Chatter closing down broke my heart. It mm. devastated yeah. me. Yeah. I understand. I never got down there. And I was so bummed. We had, I had planned to. And it just never. Yeah. Don't even get me started. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's do one more quick one before we get out of here. So let's let's keep this one a little light. Which of the seven dwarfs is more like you? My mom would probably say dopey. Uh, my, my wife would probably say grumpy. So it, those, are the, those are the two people that know me best in the world. So, yeah, it would, it would be one of those. The older I've gotten, it has tr- definitely transitioned more into grumpy. Yeah. I, wow. I kind of want to get to be an old man that's mm. grumpy and angry and yells at stuff. <laughs> is that a weird aspiration? No, have? it's not. <laughs> That's no, a get off my not. lawn type of answer. No, I, you hear, know what? You I hear get Tony to a... gripe at stuff, and I think, man, I can't wait till my girls get older, and I just get to yell about how much prom dresses cost. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. So, Christopher Giannini, thank you for coming on the podcast. This has been so amazing. And I have to give you a quick shout out because, Littles, this has been in the works for months, I have to say. And I can't thank you enough for your patience and your wanting to just come on the podcast you were like yeah whenever whatever works you yeah. know blah, blah, blah. Well, i'm always here and ever if you need to fill in frank i'll be your fill <laughs> oh. anytime, anytime i'm your guy i'll Love make it. i'll make schedule i work for myself i've got a great boss so i can move stuff around if i need to uh-huh. oh that's fantastic cool. and good to know so thank you so much for coming on as an homage to the show we'll get you out of here on this over or under it's not even complicated we don't have toilet paper like hanging on the wall rolls. We have a can. I almost brought one in here. It's it's like a it's something you can just like carry around. It's got like a little metal tube. It fits like four rolls in it, and then one hangs on it. Mm-hmm. You can just flip it around. You just literally just spin it whichever way you want, however you want. Take it off the roll, whatever. Yeah, it's the greatest invention ever. I have the same. <laughs> that thing. that thing is great. I did that. I built my house, and I did that because I didn't want to put holes in the wall uh-huh. to yeah. hang the paper roller. My wife wanted them in one place. I wanted them in another place. I'm a big boy. I need more room. And so I was just like, we're just going to buy this thing, and I'm not drilling holes on the wall. They're great. They're a great invention. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you can move them wherever you want. Yep. It's yes. Yes. Without... If you want it on the left and I want it on the right, perfect. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> move it around. So, all right. Such a good not answer. Not a fun answer, but that's, <laughs> it solves all the problems. It for all does. The people about that, though. Absolutely. I'm a solutions-oriented kind of guy. <laughs> As I think everyone should be, right? Just Mm -hmm. solve it. Figure it out. Solve it. Figure it it out. Yep. So, Christopher, before we get you out of here, let's go back. uh, Plug everything. Do you have anything you need to plug? How can we find you on social media? Because you said you have one Facebook friend. There's so many littles that are going to now want to be your Facebook friend. 
I'm, I'm on Facebook. It's just my name, Christopher Giannini. G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. <laughs> All right. Well, I it took me a few times. I was setting out the Forbes and I was... Because, I mean, trust me, I've missed spelled names before. Sorry, Jamie. And <laughs> it happens. So I was, like, very careful with yours because it was so many N's and so many I's. I was like... It was almost right. like banana. <laughs> you always, That's right. You're always like, did I leave an A out? Did I leave an N out? Okay. So anyway, so how else can we find you? I'm on Twitter. Uh, at Chris B. Giannini. So if you can spell it once, you can spell it twice. Yep. You can find our my podcast page on Twitter, at Winning Cures. And our website is at winningcureseverything.com. All and right. That's that's where we are. We're on any way you like to listen to podcasts, or you can find us on YouTube. YouTube, you get to see all the stuff that Chuck was pointing out in my background. Yeah, we're going to have to check that out. Christopher, thank you again. This has been such a pleasure. We really appreciate the time. Miss Roxy, Mr. Chuck, thank you so much. All right, all you loyal littles, we'll be right back. You are listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Wow. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And thank you, Christopher Giannini. I love saying that. I feel like saying, it's a me, it's a Mario. It's a Biagio, that's me, hey. <laughs> Janini. So, Janini, I love it. I, look, I'm so Italian great. too, so I can we can we can have fun with that. <laughs> and so, Roxy, let's get to the news. Now, Roxy, we really only have time for one quick news segment here, and I mean, I don't not to do this to death because a lot of it's been covered already. Obviously, this happened a few days ago, but. Can there be any other new segment besides Phil winning the PGA? I know. I, mean, I feel stupid. First of all, thank you, Bob Sproul. Yes. At over at Little's Picking Games yep. for running his great. Uh, what does he call the them? Grandstander. Grandstander pools, and you get a little prize mm -hmm. of small monetary value. Small monetary value for the winner, and that was not us. <laughs> this one was a little tricky, though. I have to say because he put it together, and it was like all these like weird things about you had to pick one or two players from the top twenty. All it was, you can pick no more than three players from the top twenty, and two of your five players needed to not be needed to be international players. It's okay. not that hard. Okay, well, that seemed like a lot for me. So I said, Roxy, but I wanted to be in it. So I said, Roxy, let's go in as Chuck and Roxy. Mm -hmm. We'll do one together. So that's mm -hmm. what we did. Now, full disclosure, we, we still didn't do that. No, I checked in with my dad. You checked in with I'm your like, dad, What of do course. you think? He, I don't know this course. He's he was, got, yeah. yeah, and he was talking about, depends, they're on this really tiny little island or whatever. Uh, it's very narrow. No, very yeah, narrow, yeah. very, depending on how the wind blows, you just never know. Sure. And um, so he gave you the picks. He gave me his best educated guess. And you picked basically those. Yep. However, however, you I, did say. I did ask him. I'm like, hey, what about Phil? And, and we, he kind of just like. And he ghosted you. Blew past it. Ghosted you. No, he just <laughs> didn't reply. Like, he didn't even laugh I don't at know you. If he, he I don't crickets. know if he heard. I, I, I don't know. Oh, Maybe I'm sure I didn't, he was just like, he's 50 you, years old. Right. Roxy, and he hasn't won in a while. He hasn't so. won in a long time. What do you think? Um, but yeah, so my gut was saying, go with Phil. And so I littles. didn't. And I feel like that's like betting against Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, well. Eh. He's I mean, like the Tom Brady of golf. Okay, he's but still he, there. He hasn't still won in doing a long time. It. Brady's been winning consistently for the last I know, 10 years. I know, but okay. like, it's Phil right. Mickelson. I, look, I'm with you. And I love me some Phil. Yeah. But I sort of get it. But I just think it's funny that you got totally go like you just ignored <laughs> yeah. it. He didn't even like reply to it. No. And Roxy had it. I'm sorry. You know sorry. what it I'm is though? I think he was thinking, he was looking at the list and thinking really hard of like, hmm, you know, if this is the scenario, I'd go with this person. Oh yeah. So, no, look, he's yeah. not the only one. 
I, I saw this tweet on from FanDuel yeah. that one person picked Phil and put $300 on it and they mm. won 84000 Something like that. Something like that. I saw it was that. crazy. So, I mean, obviously he wasn't a favorite, but I just, I want to acknowledge that Knox. <laughs> I almost had Roxy it. Roxy had that. Almost had it. I mean, you had it. You just didn't pick it. Yeah. Does that count, Bob? I don't think so. No, it doesn't. All right. It doesn't count. And actually, Roxy, I do have one more thing. Very funny, I think. It's it's kind of like a, it's not really news, but it's a score. Hmm. Buy nothing. Oh boy, what <laughs> did you get this time? The buy nothing score of the week. Now this is kind of a fun story because uh, it's actually not a fun story. It's a it was a very traumatic story for me. I went into work <laughs> on Friday, and one of the monitors in the booth at the theater was not working properly, and and that's essential to, for you to do your job. It's essential and. So the producer basically just said, well, fine, figure, some, it out. figure it out. So I literally, I was like, well, might as well give it a shot. Posted, I did my in search of, because we told you there's all these different mm-hmm. hashtags, flash give, curb alert, all mm-hmm. these things. I did in search of computer monitor that for this and blah, blah, blah. I mean, within an hour, Roxy, someone posted. Wow. It was amazing. And so the next day I went to pick it up. Works great. Knocking on wood. And it was just, um, that's amazing. Yeah. It's the, the community of buy nothing to me, it's like my greatest find. It gives for... me hope for humanity because people, I'm seeing more kindness coming through on, uh, in places like that, that I just wouldn't have expected, especially in the harsh and, New York City. Right. And let know. me tell you, when I picked this up, when I told her what it was going to be used for, she was so excited. So I went out of my way to, I sent her, I took a picture of it set up and you can see the stage in the background with the, with the seats and the audience seats and stuff like that. She thought it was the greatest thing. She's like, this is, I said, I, I sent her a picture. I said, I thought you'd like to see where its new home is. Yeah. Cause she had this monitor just laying around. She's like, I was just, I had nothing. It's just taking up space. I didn't, I wasn't using it so i'd love to have someone and when i told her it was for an off-broadway theater she was so excited yeah because she's a, a big theater supporter and just knowing that it was helping a, a small off-broadway theater in new york mm-hmm. city was exciting for her so that's sweet anyway score <laughs> anyway, <laughs> buy nothing little i'm telling you all right roxy let's get out of here we've got a busy week ahead of us so we've got some major things to get taken care of for, by the end of the week yeah. and uh, so Roxy tell everyone how they can get in touch with us you can email us at wtfcpodnet at gmail.com we're also on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod. We're also on Instagram at the Loyal Littles Podcast. And we're on our Facebook page, the Loyal Littles Podcast. I feel like I say that the same way every single time. You know, we probably should just do what they do on the pros and they just have you pre-record it and then I can just insert it. Well, this is the thing. I'm afraid if I switch it up, there was a couple times I switched up two words and I like, you in my mind, I had, I had a panic attack. I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing? What am I saying? It's okay. And, you know, as we always say, the most important part of this whole thing is if you do listen on iTunes, go on over, give us a rate and review. That's always really nice. And it does help. Yep. It helps other people find the podcast. Yeah. And that's how it's been explained to me. So that would be exciting. And we just real quickly, one more time, I love I get to say it again. Thank you, Christopher Giannini, for being our Meet the Littles guest this week. Lots of fun, and thank you, Bob Sproul and the great Sean Morrissey for our bumpers this week. All right, Roxy, well, you've got a lot of stuff doing. I have. This is a big week <laughs> for me. You've got a lot going on, yes. so let's get you out of here. And as always, Roxy, though, if you're out shopping yeah. online or wherever, don't forget to... Use the code. Use the code, people. I kind of want to get to be an old man.
podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Oh, yeah.